0: Welcome to Element, the student ministry of Third City Christian Church. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students. I'm going to ruin some of your lives tonight. Like in the next three minutes, your life is going to be ruined. And, and you might even be angry at me. Uh, how many of you guys, by, by show of standing up, owning it loud and proud, how many of you guys just stinking love hot dogs? How many of you? Come on, stand up. Own it. You love a, you love a hot dog, a chili dog, like you name it, man. Give me, give me that Nathan's famous fill the bun all the way, mustard. All right, sit down. So here's the deal. I'm about to ruin your lives and everybody else I'm going to ruin your appetite. Uh, I want you guys to roll the, roll the hot dog clip. That's that's corn syrup, because you can't have a hot dog without just a little bit of corn, a little bit is all. There it is, there it is. Look at that, just pumping that salt, sugary water in there, look at that, yeah. Is that a soft serve ice cream, or is that like the bathrooms after Qdoba, I don't know. Yes, that was, that was a John Morrell hot dog making place uh, from how it's made. Now, uh, any of you guys, how many of you guys still like hot dogs? A few of you? That's just ridiculous in my mind. I, you know, sometimes in my opinion, it doesn't matter how good the outcome is. Sometimes if you see something in the process, you're like ruined on it, right? Like... I will still eat a hot dog i will not I will not eat that brand of hot dog, uh, but I'll eat a different one and I'll pretend that it's not made the same way. like that's what I'll do. Um, I watched a any of you guys watched the Netflix series uh, Rotten. It's like a food series. so here's what here's what this series does. It basically exposes. Uh, like injustices or corruption within the food chain with certain foods. Like, I refuse to watch the one on avocados. My wife says if I would watch that, I would not eat, well, like, I would not eat, like, Chilean avocados or something like that ever again because of the corruption in the avocado chain. So, I watched one last night, which I was okay with. How many of you guys like chocolate? Yeah. Right? It's Halloween. Everybody likes chocolate. You got your Reese's cups, you got all that good stuff. Hey, I found out, I'm not kidding you guys, the corruption in, in the middle of the, the chocolate industry, getting the, the chocolate bean to your chocolate bar is insane. It, it, so here, this is what it's like. We have all of these, the way they described it, if you picture like an hourglass, it would like look like this. Up here, we have all the coffee far, or the chocolate bean farmers that produce the cocoa beans that are necessary to make your peanut butter cups and your Twix and your Snickers and all that good stuff that none of you should be trick-or-treating tomorrow because you're too old. Um, But yeah, you, there is no argument for you. You should not be trick-or-treating. Says common sense. Anyways. All of the chocolate, chocolate farmers are up here producing all this chocolate. Down here, we have all of us that eat all of this chocolate. And, like, it was funny because on the documentary, the chocolate farmers go, we don't even eat this. Like, we tell our kids, white, white people eat this. Like, that's what they said on the, on the documentary. Like, that's what they tell their workers. But here's what I found out, you guys. To get from the farmer to the consumer... It had to travel through this narrow funnel in the middle that's controlled by like five global commodity traders that control the chocolate bean industry. And what I found out was that this, these five companies, this handful of companies, basically told the farmers what they would get paid uh, for, their, uh, for their coffee beans. And it wasn't determined by the global market or there was very little influence on that. And, and what they found was there's this tiny little country on the west coast of Africa called the Ivory Coast, um, that produces most of the world's chocolate. And what they were finding was that modern-day slavery was still existing in that country for the sake of a Hershey's bar, for the sake of a Reese's peanut butter cup. And like they were showing, like they were like, you know what? Sometimes we'll work an entire season. And literally the people that take our cocoa beans from us to the market will take our crop and they go, we'll get you money. And they'll go, we never saw the money. And like that happens all the time. They're talking about young men and women your age that are literally not paid a dime to go work from sunrise to sunset during the the harvest season on these cocoa beans for the sake of a bar of chocolate. Sometimes when you find out something about the process, it doesn't matter how good the end product is. And that's kind of where I was on chocolate. I was like, well, I'm not big on chocolate anyways. Like, I'll eat a whole bag of Doritos, but I'm not that big on chocolate. But, like, I looked at it and I was like, this is awful. This is awful. And I realized something when I was prepping for this message that Parker and I have been talking to you about the evidence of the resurrection that Jesus is, who he says he is. The reason that you are in need of saving the status of your life as a sinner in need of a savior. And that God is promising eternal life through his son, Jesus Christ. That some of you, many of you, are looking around and you're going... Here's the trouble, Josh, Parker, or maybe your coach. I see too much pain in this world for me to really even care about that end product. And that's what we're going to lean into tonight, you guys, is having a discussion about that pain. Because it's very evident. And I'm not talking about the shallow, I didn't get what I wanted for Christmas or like, Uh, Or they made me feel bad. I didn't make the team. I didn't make the the chair and band. I didn't get the grade in the class. I'm not talking about that, you guys. I'm talking about some of you in this room are going like, you'll go home and your cupboards are like empty and there's no food. And you're like, if God exists, why does this exist? Or some of you guys that actually pay attention to what's going on in our culture. And you go, if God exists, why does human trafficking exist? exist if if God exists why is there homelessness if God exists why why can't my parents get along if God exists why is there so much chaos in my life I just want peace and if God exists why is there so much pain why did my aunt have to die young of a disease why why was this person cured but this person wasn't why why Hard questions that deserve attention, but students, I'll tell you tonight, I may not have a complete, solid answer for you because some of these questions, like I have a hard time and I sit here and go, you know, I I don't know why there's an earthquake in, in the Middle East that kills thousands of people. I don't know why that happens. So some of it, you guys, is a result of our sin, You see, you go, why wouldn't God just create a perfect world? Scott Jones said it great on Sunday. He said, you know what? God did create a perfect world. The trouble is he inserted us into his perfect creation. And we're made unique enough from the rest of creation that he gave us this thing called free will. You know how you get to choose the moment that you walk into this room? You get to choose whether you will pay attention or whether you will be a distraction. You get to choose... uh, your attitude at school tomorrow, you get to choose it's free will. You get to choose. You'll be faced with, with a moral decision tonight before you go to bed. You will be faced with, "Will I do this? Will I do that? Will I be truthful? Will I be dishonest?" You'll be faced with that decision, and because you are made in God, you are made unique from the rest of creation, you have free will to choose. And that free will is what ruined God's perfect creation. And the crazy thing about it is, you guys, is we shake our finger at God and go, why is there so much injustice when it's like our sin is what broke this world? Like our selfishness. Like I think about the supply chain on that chocolate. Like the selfishness of the of the, the middleman that's like in here that's globally distributing all this chocolate. He just wants to line his pockets with money while farmers go hungry and their families starve to death. And, and children are enslaved uh, for the sake of, of people getting chocolate bars. He is just lining his pockets with money. Greed is the driving force. And selfishness, why people can't get along is the reason why God's design was not cancer. He didn't want people to die at a young age. That was not God's design. We brought that in. And scripture even talks about how our sin coming into this world, you guys, like broke earth, like our planet, like the reason natural disasters exist. Part of it is because of the sin that we brought, we brought into this world, broke Our planet, it says that like even creation is feeling the strains of this. And here's the thing: if you have ever looked at true injustice, the homeless dude that stands right there next to High V week after week, day after day, you know who I'm talking about, and your your heart goes, "Why does this have to exist?" Students, that is pure evidence. That you're made in god's image that you are unique genesis 1 talks about you being made in god's image you're the only part of creation that was made in god's image like all the rest of the animals of the world like I, i thought about this today i was just telling parker back here if i forget to feed my cats yesterday on national cat day They're not going to pick it. They're not going to shake their paws at me and go, we want food. When do we want it? We want it now. They're not going to pick it and protest my house. They don't understand injustice. All they understand is carnal need. Like, you guys understand injustice. And here's the thing is God inserted the church into this world To do something about it. And so when we say, why why are people dying at a young age? Why do people commit suicide? Why are people lonely? Why, Why does that exist? Why does that hurt exist? And I'm sitting here going, you guys have social skills. You guys can see loneliness in your classroom. You can see loneliness in your lunchroom. You can see loneliness in your band rooms. And God has called you to step towards it. Because his heart breaks in the same way that yours does when you when you see injustice. The other part that I have no answer for you guys is this thing with like why like like why are there why are these why are there these natural disasters, hurricanes and floods that that destroy people? Why why do some people survive illness and other people don't? Like I, I genuinely don't have An answer for that other than to simply say that like like our creation is is broken but in the end what I have to keep telling myself like when I have friends that have died at a young age or if I've I've had friends that thought they had a curable disease but they ended up dying I have to sit and go do I do I trust God even if I don't have an answer is he a trustworthy God? Because that's the question that has to be asked. And I want you guys to take a minute. Here's what we're going to do. I've got a short video that I want to show you. Walk you through some of that processing of how God looks at you and how God wants you to know that he sees you. Check this video out. So, when I think about this idea of injustice and how we can get so fired up about what what is going wrong in this world. Students, I want you to know that that following Jesus, faith in God is, is based on the most atrocious injustice that's ever existed. That's right. Scripture says this. says that Christ chose to become sin for you and I. And to take the punishment that we deserved, he shouldered that whole burden by himself. So, to put it simply... The greatest injustice was done to the most innocent man that's ever lived. And that's what following Jesus is based upon. Christ living a sinless life and over the course of his lifetime, you wanna talk about not fair. He was the perfect friend, the perfect companion and you know what he was returned with? His friends abandoned him, ran away when he needed them Denied even knowing him. You would know, talk about injustice. Jesus was, was lied about. He was schemed upon. People framed him for things that he didn't do. He was falsely accused. He took a beating that would have killed most humans. Beaten, unrecognizable. And ultimately, he was led to a place where he was nailed to a cross. And he died suffocating publicly. Shamed. You want to talk about injustice? That's what our faith is based upon. But, But that injustice was God looking at his creation and going, I've got to do something about this because they need me. When I read Psalms, when I read Isaiah, I read those words, you guys. How can you not trust a God that knows your tears, that feels your hurt? How can you not trust a God that says, look, When you pursue me, I will never abandon you. And guess what? You're going to be really pleased. When you pursue me, you're going to like what you find. That's the God that we worship, the God that we serve. And he chose injustice for his son so that we could live differently. And students, here's here's what I, there's two things I want to leave you with. First of all. The way that you can get beyond looking at the injustice of this world is when you have this mindset where you go, this here is is kind of important, but it's not the end game. I'm playing the end game, and I've got heaven waiting for me. So this makes this feel, this makes it, it hits a little less. It hits a little less when I know what God has waiting for me. When I know that God didn't intend this for me, the punch doesn't hurt as bad. And I can get through this and I've got a little bit of hope. I've got a little bit of hope when I know that I know there is something greater waiting for me. I know that even though this hurts, God has counted my tears, feels my pain. So to wrap up about injustice, there were three guys that were young young people Shadrach Meshach and Abednego and you guys may have heard me talk about these guys before leading into this song there was one there was one more in the fire Um, Shadrach Meshach and Abednego were young they were taken out of their culture out of their home we don't know if they had siblings If their siblings were put in slavery Uh, their country was taken over and when the military came in they did multiple things with the kids they were made slaves They were made servants, and some of them, if they were viewed as intelligent enough or gifted enough, were brought into the the foreign palace and educated. So if you guys could imagine, if someone invaded the United States, vast majority of you would just be made slaves. You wouldn't be found intelligent enough. Just kidding. But if you could imagine being taken to the other side of the globe, maybe to Madagascar, Kenya, um, Ethiopia, and you were placed on the other side of the globe in a culture that you did not understand, You want to talk about injustice? You never saw your family again? The people around you didn't even speak your language? You felt isolated? These guys, these group of, of, of God followers never denied their faith in God. They never denied their faith in God. They trusted God. And their faith was put to a test and they were standing, and I've told you this before, ready to be thrown into flames for their faith. Something that we won't, you guys simply will not face that kind of persecution in Grand Island, Nebraska. But they were facing it where they were. And it says that when they were, when they were thrown in, their captors looked in and they saw that there were, there were four people walking in the flames, not three. God met them there. They were not alone. The moment that you guys think you're isolated, you can trust in God. It comes down to can you trust your God? Is he worthy of your trust? Will you make that decision to walk? There's there's four young ladies that are going to be making the decision to walk with God. What's keeping you? Is it pride? Like, do you think the world revolves around you? So we're going to sing. We're going to witness these four individuals saying yes to Christ, affirming that faith, confessing their faith, their faith, their desire to follow Christ. They're saying, God, we trust you. As we sing this song, let's pray. Father, I thank you for tonight. Thank you that these students are here. Father, I pray you would help them to continue to be present in this moment. Father, there is a lot of this world that is unjust that our sin has brought in. And Father, to be honest, there's a lot in this world that I simply cannot explain. But Father, my heart rests completely on the hope that you know what's going on. And Father, I have confidence that I can trust you. Help us to see that clearly in the name of Jesus. Thanks for joining Element. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students.